indeed there are more questions and answers like is it easy to say elephants are overprotected when you're looking down from an ivory tower hi america hello world my name is adrian lee and i'm your host welcome to the show more questions and answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world each week my guests and i will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of our elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the week's darkness. Let me start by introducing our guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather managed to get a job this week in America, teaching geography as a foreign language. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> we also have with us the analytical and sceptical, nearly sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim saw a purple wasp with white wings this week, but it turned out to be its away uniform. Welcome oh, to the what? show, Kim. An away strip, an away kit, the away uniform. Okay. Home and away. Home okay. and away. Yes, yes. Yes, its home kit was like yellow and black stripes. It's yeah. going for the purple and white away kit is where we are. <laughs> These jokes really don't require being analysed, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> they're here one minute and they're gone the next. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He's married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg realised this week that we don't know much about Galileo, 
He was just a poor boy from a poor family. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Craig. I love this show. Okay, points to be won straight off the bat. I'll run around the table very quickly. Give me a number between zero and 100. Any number at all. Heather? 97. Kim? 48. Greg? 69. Well, that didn't work. Wow. <laughs> he sits there all quietly in the background, messing around with the soundboard. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, isn't it? If you ask a random group of people to pick a number between 1 and 100, the chances are the number they will pick the most is 37. It is Series 2. Episode 37. And none of you have got points. You had the ideal opportunity. You know it's episode 37. We're not ordinary. This is very true. Unordinary (laughs) would be the word that needs to be applied. 37 is the normal human temperature in degrees Celsius. 37 is the number of plays written by Shakespeare. Hang on, you cry. Hang on. That can't be possibly true. But we are counting Henry IV as three separate plays. So that makes 37. I know everyone in this room was concerned I'd got my math wrong there, but thank you for querying that. And we are counting Henry IV as three separate plays. 37 is the number of slots on a European roulette wheel. Apparently, and I did not know this, there is not a double zero on a roulette wheel in Europe. The double zero only happens in American roulette wheels. But apparently there is no double zero on a European roulette wheel. Who knew? I didn't know such things. We sprint into this week's mailbag. I do like receiving all your... We got mail? We've got mail. I do like receiving your emails. I like seeing all your Facebook messages. This is ridiculous, by the way. I will say this. Kevin has got a lot to answer for. Kevin, who is a fan of the show and a blackguard, a recidivist and a cad of the first order, posted on Facebook, (laughs) I didn't swear, I promise, posted on Facebook this week, and I quote, I have the piece of paper in front of me. He says, OK, everyone in favour of having Heather keep score next Friday on the show, please reply to this message. An unbiased scorekeeper is badly needed. <laughs> so, yeah, this is Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. This is where we are. This, this opened up a whole can of worms this week. Connie then chips in and says, I quote, Connie says, yes, Heather is unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> what, what shows have you been listening to for the last three years? What's wrong with you, woman? Have you been drinking? <laughs> Judith then chips in. Everyone's having a say now, right? This has opened it up. Judith then says... Give her a chance for equal opportunities, equal pay. Are you getting paid? Who's getting get, paid? You can get double what I'm getting. You can get double. You can get triple what I'm getting. I get a raise. So, so apparently, <laughs> apparently, equal opportunities suggests there from Alison that uh, Judith, rather, I apologise, said that uh, you should get equal opportunities. Alison then said, "Since when did the show start worrying about biases?" This is true. There you go. This is where we are. Very un-American in many respects, but I am piloting this ship, so that's where we are. Chris then volunteered to score. I have no idea where Chris is based, but he did jump in and say, I will score. Keith then gave Kevin minus four for jumping in. (laughs) Griff voted for Greg to score. What, what are you on? What are these people on? What planet are you from? And then everything went to hell in a handbasket with Kevin finishing on minus 10. Who knew? <laughs> do, not, do not let it be said, I do not listen to our listeners and our fans because against my better judgment, and I'm sure this is the worst thing I'm ever likely to do and I'm probably going to regret it straight away, I am now going to hand Heather the score sheets. There you go. Responsibility will weigh heavy on your 
shoulders. Everything's, really? I know. Look, it's like Christmas. The good Lord giveth, but the good Lord can also take of away. So do bear that in mind. I know it's ridiculous. We did this in the first. Yes, you've got a pen. <laughs> yes, I've got a pen. We did do this in the first series, and I didn't think it worked very well. That's only because you lost. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Guess what's going to happen tonight? <laughs> You're a psychic, can you tell? Yes, I'm going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. So Heather is now... Look, she's grown in her seat. Look how happy she is. It's like Christmas and she's got the Barbie doll she's always wanted. That's just terrible. Kevin, I blame you. This is ridiculous. Let me draw your attention to the fact that we have a Twitter account. If you go to Adrian <laughs> underscore Lee underscore tips last week, I couldn't remember my name. Yeah. It was very embarrassing was live underscore on air. Lips last I said week? lips, yes. It was like a cross between tips and Lee. I just yeah, went, whatever. I just went lips. But uh, yes, Adrian underscore Lee. I had to think about that. Underscore tips, T-I-P-S, for the International Paranormal Society. We have around 74,000 followers on there, so I'd love for you to join us. We have all of the stories from tonight, plus all of the videos and photographs from the week's news of the strange, the weird, and the paranormal. Let me draw your attention to our new YouTube account. If you go to YouTube, we have a couple of outtakes on there that we recorded after the show had finished live on air at the top of the hour. Things that couldn't possibly have gone out on radio for common decency outtakes. So if you wish to go to YouTube, I recommend you head in that direction it's a very very funny five six minutes of uh listening that will have you laughing a small amount of we will come out guaranteed so make sure you're not wearing your best pants so if you wish to get onto youtube if you go to more questions than answers with adrian lee you will find a couple of outtakes that i would recommend will cheer up your day if you're not laughing at those then you're clinically dead would be my advice at any time you can access our archives we are on soundcloud.com if you search for MQTA Radio, you will find the last three years worth of shows. But we're also on iTunes and Stitcher, so you can search for us and access us on all those platforms. Before we jump into the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings, I just want to touch upon where we were last weekend. We're in Mankato, Mankato to the left of Minneapolis in Minnesota, famous, of course, for the scene of the biggest mass execution in American history, the Sioux Uprising of 1862, the death, I believe, if my memory serves me right, of 32 Native Americans all hung together at the same time. But Mankato is a fabulous town, very metaphysical, lots of fabulous shops and restaurants, fourth biggest city, I believe, in Minnesota. We went to an expo. It was the Healing Psychic and Wellness Expo, which was run by Matrix Media, a fabulous event. Hi to Val, by the way, who ran that event for us. I had a psychic booth set up. I believe this is the third year I've done this now. And I just want to thank all the people that came and got psychic readings. I was busy from Saturday morning all the way through to Sunday evening. My biggest regret at this event is it's packed full of fabulous vendors selling crystals, rocks, salt lamps, essential oils, incense, ringing bowls. I never get a chance to see any of it. I sit down on Saturday morning, there's a line of people, which is which I'm grateful for, of course, there's a line of people wishing to have readings, and that's it for two days. I don't get to go anywhere. My bladder is the size of a beach ball. I don't even get a chance to go for a wee, constantly. Lots of people <laughs> running through. So I have a fabulous time. I love this event. I see lots of people. I do lots of readings. My highlight, I think, of the entire weekend was that I did a ghost hunting 101 talk, a workshop on Saturday night. 
and lots of people attended and we sold lots of tickets. There was a moment, and Heather was with me, so she will verify this. There was a moment I was talking about all the equipment we use and I got the ghost box out and I explained how the ghost box works or the shack hack or the SB7. There's lots of different devices, of course. And this never normally happens. So I've got a room full of people. I've explained how the ghost box works, how it scans frequencies, AM and FM frequencies very quickly. And I say to them, I'm going to turn it on. You'll hear it go dead, 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 as it scans all the frequencies. You're listening for what's coming through the meta narrative, coming through the white noise. I don't want all the radio rubbish. I just want the stuff coming through. So I said, I've explained how it works. I've explained how effective it is. I then turn it on with speakers and I'm thinking it's not going to do anything of course you know what's the chances you know it's when you say to someone watch this and then nothing happens right so I turn it on and I say uh, is anyone here how many of you and straight away it said there's five of us really loudly and there was a gasp in the room everyone heard it say that and it was like oh, wow the dead are talking to us telephone to the dead and I went on I had a conversation I said did you used to work here he said yes this is all going incredibly well. I'm getting responses. I'm in a conversation. There's people, I'm looking around the room, that started out as sceptics that are now on the edge of their seats wanting to know what the ghosts are going to be telling me. And there was a point in the conversation, which I thought was fabulous, where I said to the ghost we were chatting with, in those minutes that we had that device on, I said, do you know who I am? And it said, Adrian. And again, there was an audible gasp. I just thought that was fabulous. Is there anything you want to add to that? That was a joy, wasn't it? Did you see all those people? That was pretty good. That's how that happened. I'm not making that up, am I? Absolutely. As Heather here is my witness, that was a fabulous moment. And that very rarely happens in life, doesn't it? But you're up there thinking, wow, this is a joy. I've just shown all these people. A lot of people walked away from there with a lot to think about. A lot of paradigms were unhinged. Do you hear what I'm saying? Very interesting. Heather, you spent the weekend at the expo wandering around, looking at all the vendors, talking to everybody. What was the yes. highlight for you? What things caught your eye? Well, never fear about walking around and looking at stuff because Greg and I had our fill and we probably spent some wonga, didn't we, Greg? Yeah, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Greg was spending all his money. So the highlight for so, you was going around spending Greg's money. Yeah. Oh, fabulous. I wish I'd have been there. Greg gets a point. What, for spending money? Or for agreeing with me. Oh, excellent. Well, I, I think Greg should get a point as well. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm glad that didn't work. Yes. How's this going for you, Kevin? Everything you would hoped it would be. Hey, Heather. Diaphanous. Oh, no. Oh, Kim Kim's brought out point. the word diaphanous early and has also gained a point. Oh, you're behind. You're becoming cerebral through osmosis just by sitting next to me. Who knew? So, the event. Yes, and Greg stole my incense, but, you know, whatever. Greg, do you want to discuss? You, you told me to do it, though. Well, I told you which kind to get. I didn't know you were going to buy both of them. Yes, he, he bought the shop out of this he particular did. type of incense. <laughs> Greg, a well, there, there was two of them. There was, there was two, like and you bought, bought both. A whole bunch, yeah. <laughs> this incense is very good, though, because it burns for, like, two hours, doesn't two it? Two and a half. It, two and a half, mm-hmm. is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does favorite. have... It lasts for a very long time, which is very unusual with incense. Normally, it's, you know, you light it and it's gone within seconds, but uh, this lasts right. forever. Yes. You know, you're constantly putting it out and relighting it again, I guess. Yes, and it came from one of our, uh, I would say, good friend Stahl, Robin Stahl, who has wonderful products. If people wish to go to this event, they have it twice a year. It's in November and in March. It's in Mankato. Mm-hmm. I believe the yeah. next one, I want to say something along the lines of the 14th and 15th of March, but it's I need to check. right in the middle. Right yeah. about yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. So if people go online and they type in Matrix Media and Mankato, you'll find the next event we're doing there 
will be in March. But I just want to chat with Greg briefly. Greg, you had an opportunity to uh, wander around for yourself. What what did you stumble across? What things did you do that weekend? Well, a year ago we had done aura photography. Yes. And I wanted to do it again and just to see what how much has changed or what's different. And so I sat down. You put your hand on a thing and they take the picture. And she just... She was she was amazed. She said, "Your third eye is so wide open. You must." <laughs> Here we go. Did she, ask you, well. did she ask you to put your clothes on once the photograph was taken? No, nope, I have to say, I, you know, there was a lady there that did say that Greg had a really big and wide open third eye. So <laughs> this is no word of a lie. This is true, and photographs can be provided. Perhaps we could get a copy of your big wide third eye available on our website greg perhaps you could uh, provide that for us what does that indicate what did it look like this photograph well basically it shows the different colors and then uh, all the energy from my, yeah from my throat all the way to the top was was real white she said she very rarely sees that ever she's chatting you up she is she, 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 wanted, she wanted a tip but she didn't That's get right. one you, you, you did take your cigarette out didn't you when this photograph was taken this yeah. is what this is what greg gets up to when kim's not there he's showing women his third eye and they're saying wow i've never seen that before like i say it's the quiet ones You've got to watch. I, I do have to explain about the incense. So Kim wasn't able to go along because she yeah. her, she stayed home with her mother who had surgery the day before. Heather and Gloria were walking around. And I said, I got to get Kim something. What do you suggest? And Heather says, Kim Robin, loves this incense. Yeah, Robin has two of these. Yep. What, honey and something? Amber. Honey and, honey and amber. amber. Oh, it's incense. glorious it and is. And then I ended up with a nice stone over the weekend without even going because Robin thought of me of not being able to go oh. and sent me a nice piece of jade. What do Yay. I get? I get nothing. I have nothing. I have the duck egg. Zero. Nada. Not Robin zilch. Robin gave you a stick of Palo Santo. Oh, she did, yes. But she I gave stole me. it. Which she you me, stole. She gave me one of those last... Oh, I was going to say Everyone's getting free gifts. Everyone's ago. getting stuff. I'm saying like Billy No Mates getting jack. Nothing. Aww. No freebies. And no one, not even a point. No one said... Oh, uh, speaking of which... Oh, here we are. You're getting minus one for complaining. <laughs> Kevin, we're going to have words, me and you. This is where we are. I'll get your wife Barbara on here. This is outrageous. I knew this would happen. We'll see how the evening progresses. The score pad can be removed from your dead clutches. This is where we are. Dead man's grip. I'll be tugging that pencil and that pad out of your grubby little paws at some point look at you you're full of the joys of spring look at you i've never seen you look so happy I normally know. you're half asleep you've got your stories in front of you look at you animated i am i'm excited positively animated we run into the first round that is ghosts and hauntings bishop exercises family's home after household objects move around of their own accord this is the terrifying moment a bishop was brought in to exercise a family's home after eerie shadows appeared on the walls and objects moved of their own accord. The worried parents said their son had even started drawing crucifixes on his bedroom wall in the night to ward off evil spirits after the paranormal activity continued to increase in frequency. I dislike the way that because stuff is moving around and there's shadows appearing in their house, that instantly that has to be evil and demonic I what has it well. done that's terrible what has it done so far tell me what it's done so far it's done absolutely nothing it's not nothing. attacked anybody nope. it's not caused anyone any problems nope. 
if it's moved an object about and you've seen some shadows, does that not suggest it's this, trying to get your attention? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's turning on light switches, slamming doors, turning the faucet on and off. And? Why suddenly? Absolutely. And? And what? <laughs> it wants, if it wants to slap you around and cause you issue and It'll beat you it. up, it will do it. Yeah. Trust me. So I find it ridiculous that they jump to this conclusion, you know, with the sound of demonic entities gurgling in the background. I just find that remarkable. <laughs> it upsets me. This could be someone's grandmother trying to communicate and say she Absolutely. misses the family. Absolutely. And they've got the priest in. Nothing's happened yet to anybody is what I would suggest. It said things got so bad. Wow, with all that stuff moving around, the family even considered moving out of the house. Wow. The exorcism, which was filmed on a mobile phone, so a proper job, happened in Castellar in a city of Buenos Aires province in Argentina. It was conducted by Bishop Manuel Acuna with a specialist in electromagnetic fields, Gustavo Farias, called to check the house beforehand. The Uruguayan technician confirmed the presence of an energy that moved through the atmosphere, and the bishop and his team of exorcists began to exercise the house, holding up crosses and orotating from old Lutheran texts. Thou shalt turn off cell phones and playstations to remove the demonic EMF. Again, if you go through a house and you're getting a lot of EMF hits, well, how's that suddenly demonic? That mm-hmm. could be your stereo, your alarm clock. That mm-hmm. could be the fuse box. That could be someone's cell phone going off. Yeah. Again, I've not read anything yet to suggest darker forces or a foot. In the video, one assistant lights incense, which was probably bought by Greg, which fills the room <laughs> with smoke as the bishops. By the way, good advice, Greg. If you want to buy a woman a gift, ask the other women with you what she would like. There That's we go. Right. Fun and informative. This show is full of good advice. I'm looking for points, Heather. I am looking yeah. for points. I'm scrambling I around. I didn't see any, so we're good. No, they disappeared over my shoulder and went out the door. <laughs> The ceremony was paused on two occasions to reassure family members who were in a state of distress in the room next door. You know, a lot of people get like that when they have to turn their cell phones off for an hour, right? The bishop happily announced an hour later that their spooky, otherworldly friends had moved on. As members of the family whispered, thank you, Manuel, thank you. So Grandma can no visit. Grandma can no longer. She can no visit. She can no visit. Grandma no visit. (laughs) No visit visit grandchildren anymore. That's my best Argentinian accent. Grandma, no more. No more visit grandchildren. You can be up to zero. Hurrah. (laughs) Farius, who checked. I'm trying my best Argentinian here to get points. It's true, though. If they've just stopped the spirits that were in there accessing the house, what if that's the grandmother coming back to see if her grandchildren are all right? She can still come back. You can't force good spirits to stay away forever and ever. It's not going to happen. Farias, who checked that the family phones had not been tinkered with, said, I have never worked with an exorcist before. It's definitely interesting, to say the least. So very well-experienced expert on exorcism. To be fair, he had watched the second series box set of Ghost Adventures, so he was fully qualified in demonology. (laughs) Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? You can be at one. One, I'm on positive integers. Hurrah and a happy dance all around the room. The Shining Hotel to open a horror museum. A horror museum at the Shining Hotel. 
You know where that is. That's got to be the Stanley Hotel it in is, Colorado. It is. The hotel that inspired the Stephen King classic is now planning to open its very own horror museum. Situated in the state of Colorado with a breathtaking view of the Rockies, the Stanley Hotel is considered to be one of the most haunted locations in the United States. It became the inspiration for The Shining after Stephen King and his wife, Tabitha, spent the night there while on holiday and discovered that they were the only overnight guests in the whole place. Now, That's I didn't right. know that. I didn't know they were the only ones in the yeah. hotel. And I didn't realize his wife was with him on that. I didn't either. The sto- You may go on to elaborate on this, but I thought the story was that when Stephen King stayed there, they arrived late and the restaurant was going to shut. So they rushed to go and get a meal, leaving their suitcases on the bed. And when they came back from the meal, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. all their clothes had been put away. So yeah. he rang down to the desk and said, thank you for putting our stuff away. And they say, we don't do that. We don't well, put guest stuff away. I think they put their clothes away. And then I think they, whatever it was, propped the suitcase against the door. Ah, oh, to stop yeah. them getting in. Yeah, it was okay. weird. Well, anyway, now in homage to its association with the horror cinema, the hotel is set to take things one step further by setting up its very own horror museum, as well as a film production studio and film archive. Wow. Whenever the word horror is mentioned, I hear it in a Vincent Price voice. It's horror, horror. I can't do it. You can't do but it. But I'm hearing it in That's my head. No, no. Zero. Oh, no. Zero for trying a Vincent Price impression. That's Where's that in the blasphemous. rules? Blasphemous. Like How's Vincent that blasphemous? Price. I'm telling you, horror. zero. Oh, God, don't do it again. Founding board members, including actors Elijah Wood and Simon Pegg. Lots of pegs and wood. Yes, are now <laughs> attempting to obtain $11.5 million in tourism funds from the state of Colorado to help support the project. I would love to have a home for which we could constantly come year-round and celebrate with other fans from around the world, said Wood. There you go. Good old Elijah. There's really no better place for there to be a permanent home for the celebration of horror as an art form than the Stanley Hotel. It was practically built for it. Wow, what a fabulous nice, story. Huh? I shall give my point. I'm up to three. You're giving yourself points for that, are you? Yeah. Okay. Kim. Fun and informative. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's like you're out of reach is all I'm saying. You're just slightly out. If I had a bottle, I'd be out of reach you, but you're just out of reach there at the moment. Kim, what have you got for us tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Well, this will sound like a familiar title. Oh, no. A Mumbai man found alive in mortuary dies two days later. What is it with you? If it's not people dying and coming back alive again, it's stuff coming out of the toilet constantly. (laughs) I can't even go to the toilet in peace. I'm worried there's octopuses, snakes. There's things that climb up your bum and hold parties and keep you awake at night. And now there's stories constantly of people waking up in mortuaries as they're about to have their organs harvest. Yeah, it happens way too often. It's ridiculous. Uh, an Indian man who surprised mortuary staff by waking up just before a postpartum examination has died two days later in the same hospital. Are you wanting slushy, Mr. Simpson? That would scare anyone, <laughs> wouldn't it, at that point? Uh, no, the- look at her. She's getting points down on there. What's wrong with you? How am I getting minus one for doing... Bad in- impressions? <sighs> <laughs> There's a whole new set of rules I hadn't previously been aware of. I'm going to go around to Kevin's house with a gun. (laughs) Where's that on the list? Sorry to continue. The homeless man made headlines after he was declared dead by a senior doctor in Mumbai and sent immediately to the mortuary, which is against the hospital rules. 
Patients pronounced dead are supposed to be kept on the ward for two hours in case the doctor has made an error. The cause of death is unclear. A post-mortem post <laughs> will be held later. Dr. Sulman Hang on Merchant, a second. Post-mortem. Post-mortem. Post-mortems are held later. That's an oxymoron. A post-mortem will be held I'm later. After you're dead, right? After, after you're dead. That's normally the best time. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to put a book together of oxymorons. I saw one the that other day. Be. I was walking into the Historical Society in Blue Earth County, which is Mankato, when I was doing research, and on the door in big letters, it said, New Historical Society. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. It made me laugh. There we go. Uh, Dr. Sulman Merchant uh, told the BBC that the 50-year-old man named as Prashant died on Tuesday night. He was treated for having, get this, maggots in his right ear and <gasps> was unconscious. How is that a cause of death? I don't know. That's bizarre. It says they treated him for electrolyte imbalance and transfused blood because he was anemic. Yeah. Earlier, doctors said the man had a metabolic disorder and was delirious when police brought him in. He was brought to the hospital after he was found unconscious at a bus stop. Yeah, he's a vagrant, isn't he, at the end of the day? This is where we are. He was walking the he streets, I suspect. He had a lot suspect. wrong with him. Holy cow. Yes. So he was You're alive and right, he had though. the maggots in his ear? You're in the right yeah. place for holy cow, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they do wander around the streets. No, I've lived in India. There's holy cows wandering around everywhere. They can go in and do whatever Didn't they want. Didn't we all watch that show? It was like on America's Funniest Home Videos, and they were doing a parachute jump, and it accidentally came down and knocked one of the holy cows on its butt. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's right, yeah. The <laughs> whole village came. And then stone the man. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're uneducated? You know, astronaut came from sky, knock over, holy cow! I it don't was know. Terrible. We cow. travel many miles, see very rough. What are you it's doing? Australian. I'm doing Australian Go now. Home, I'm on minus two for that. My best Australian accent. I've got a story. <laughs> Just talk normal. <laughs> This is it. There's no plan B. I am you talking. You were like doing a Tonto thing. Going me on. traveled many miles, <laughs> see very rough. That kind of thing. Me yeah. from Sydney, Australia. <laughs> Your clothes, give them to me. Nice night for walk. Hey, right? I'm scared. Uzi <laughs> nine millimeter. And we sprint into the. Ra- There's no more, is there? That's it. That's it. You're not looking to get any more points. Uh, I don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about that. Fair <laughs> enough. She's not going to read any more stories out for the rest of the night. We have Greg at one. Oh, we oh we're going to get an update. Okay, Adrian at minus one. I'm not quite sure. That was the best Australian accent I've got. Heather at three. Who knew? That's me. Yes, we get that. And Kim at three. Kim at three. Yeah. For saying holy cow yes. during a story about India and Mumbai. Yes. Okay, and that post mortems were later. Yes. And she's got three for that. Yes. Unbelievable. Because they were funny. We- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Kevin, I'm coming round. This is outrageous. <laughs> you're getting coal in your stocking, Kevin, we know apparently you're from Adrian. coal in your stocking. <laughs> you're coal in your eye. We move into the round. Did that come up on your photograph that you had coal in your eye there, Greg? No. <laughs> <laughs> the round that is UFOs and cryptozoologists, hairy beasties and green men. I've got a story that says prehistoric snake-like fish with terrifying mouth killed a king. Now they've returned to English rivers after 200 years. Lampreys 
a species of fish famous for killing a king, has returned to English rivers after an absence of 200 years. King Henry I of England was known for his lust for eating lampreys and was commonly believed to have died after overeating the fish. Most historians, however, think he died from food poisoning. The lamprey is a snake-like fish that has a tunnel-like mouth with razor-sharp teeth and around 200 million years before the dinosaurs. It was once a common fish in England's waterways, but their populations died out due to pollution in the Industrial Revolution and the construction of mill weirs blocking their migration. What? Who? Mill weirs. What's that? A mill is like a water mill where the water goes along and the big water mill. Okay. And a weir is where the water runs off the end like a little waterfall to control the flow of the water. Okay. It's like a lock, I guess. It's a mill weir is where we are. Do I get points for being informative? That is part of the remit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) However, in the wake of conservation work, I feel like I'm wasting my time. The lamprey is finally returning to England. It looks like the Sarlacc pit. It's got a mouth that looks like the Sarlacc pit. Return of the Jedi. The lampreys, didn't I watch that maybe an episode on river monsters? Didn't he find yes. some? Yes. Like in a waterfall or yes. something, right? It was huge. It had a f- It switch. looked like a yes. flailing worm or something. This flailing worm is a very good description. How was that photograph, by the way, Greg? Was that- <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yes, it had tattoos and a switchblade. It, 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 had, it didn't, really didn't want to come ashore is what, what happened. But That's you're right. right. Yeah. That was a rather mean looking fish. And it did have the teeth and the mouth of the Sarlacc pit, if one is aware does, yeah. of the return of the Jedi film they have a whole universe of stories about the sarlacc pit and how it came about and everything else yeah they did an extended universe of stories i did not know the that. sarlacc pit is actually involved in a lot of that and it's it's if you look it up online they say that psychologically and maybe you know unconsciously the sarlacc pit has had essays written about it because it's meant to look like a woman's bits and pieces is what i'm saying that's what this, there's been essays written about it PhD papers written about the Sarlacc pit representing a woman's front garden and bits and pieces. There we go. I don't believe you. It's true. It's all there. Go and look it up online. Was it's that your much. report? Yes. Although it did have teeth, if you recall. <laughs> what, your report? <laughs> yes. You're not going to have teeth there, are you, with gums like that? <laughs> Environmental agency fisheries expert Simon Tom said, for the last 200 years, some rivers have not been capable of supporting lamprey species as a result of water quality. Poor habitat. And man-made barriers, that'll be your mill weir. Now the water quality (laughs) has improved. And some of these barriers have been removed. We are seeing lampreys return to the upper reaches of rivers, such as the Ouse, the Trent, the Darwind, where once they were absent 30 years ago, they are now present. And you can eat as much of those Do they eat people? They, they're very they're like eels I mean if there was enough of them get together and they were out clubbing and had a few drinks I'm sure they could mug a granny on the corner of a I street I mean like do they latch on to you like leeches they have the ability to do so but if you go online and have a look at the little buggers they've got a mouthful of teeth that looks like the sarlacc pit they're ugly their mother your mother wouldn't you know you look at only only a mother could love a lamprey you hear what I'm saying this is Ew. where we are Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I've got the Beast of Bolton. The Beast of Bolton? Yeah, it was spotted near UK Reservoir. A res- what's a reservoir? It's a little <laughs> it's area a large, that holds water. It's a large body of artificially collected water, I guess. Go on. Sure, why not? A no, large- that is the truth. It's not why not. That's what they are. Darn, but if you're you want arguing, to s- but- <laughs> minus one again. It's like being back at school. <laughs> 
Raise your hand next time. Yeah, in what direction? <laughs> Don't you worry about that. My hand's going to be raised. Greg's signalling that I should have one point at the moment, which is very kind of him. I think that's what he was trying to do. For our listeners out there that can't see the studio, Greg suggested that I should get one point. <laughs> a large black creature with yellow eyes was encountered by a woman who was out driving on Tuesday night. Natalie Kay had been returning home from a shopping trip along Dohey Road in Farnworth at around 9.30 p.m. when a large animal jumped in front of her vehicle, forcing her to slam on her brakes. It's students in a monkey suit. No, no, okay, no, it's not. not. It just stopped dead right in the middle of the road and was staring at me, she said. I knew it wasn't a dog. It looked like a cat, but it wasn't. It was much bigger and had a long tail, pointed ears, and those greedy yellow eyes. How did she know they were greedy? Perhaps they looked hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Like a wolf. (laughs) Hungry like the wolf. I must say, before we go any further, that I may have mentioned this, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but we do such long journeys through the Midwest going to all these events. I love 80s music. Absolutely love 80s music. We find a compilation of 80s music we put it on in the car it takes four or five hours to get there i'm singing my heart out to duran duran spandau ballet aha i get to the events i'm due to do a talk a lecture i can't say a word i've lost my voice i'm singing (laughs) hungry like the wolf for four hours driving through the midwest i get to where i need to go i need to learn my lesson no more singing 80s or no more 80s no more 80s no more 80s we'll throw some country on there you'll be fine great that'll be fabulous and then we can hang ourselves when we get to the other end (laughs) and hopefully we'll find our dog you wouldn't be singing with it i'm sure of that no when you get to the 31st song and the dog's still dead and she's still making her mother's quill i'm sure we'll (laughs) find a way to kill ourselves It was about the same size as the bonnet of my car, which I'm assuming is the hood. That right? is the hood. Yes. All right. The unidentified animal remained motionless on the road for several seconds before dashing away at considerable speed down a nearby dirt track towards the local reservoir. It was really scary. I haven't seen anything like that before, said Kay. It has been suggested that the creature she encounters was the infamous Beast of Bolton. I didn't even know they had such a thing. I thought that was some sort of sex attacker from the 1970s. I didn't realize that was an animal. When Michael. You say, it was Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. <laughs> was spotted By in the, the way, UK. if Michael Bolton's listening to this, Heather suggested that you're a sex attacker from the 1970s. With greedy yellow eyes. So if you want to write to her. <laughs> oh, no, not that way. <laughs> we didn't like that. A mysterious denizen that was last reported in the area... About more than five years ago. By the way, Michael Bolton doesn't have that hair anymore. He doesn't? It's gone, mate. It's gone. If you want to say to him, I want to run my hands through your hair, the best he's going to do now is to take his shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) The most likely explanation, however, is that the animal was a large cat, possibly a panther. I didn't know you had those in the UK No, someone's let that loose is what's happened. That might have been living and even breeding... That would suggest there's more than one, I assume. Well, let's hope so, unless it pins some unfortunate midget down that's been out clubbing for the night that gets the surprise of his life. tired of spending time with the badgers. That's the last time he's going to be wearing that cologne. <laughs> um, Panther for men. Uh, you, hear- you can buy that. It's next to the Mashimo. <laughs> <laughs> oh god no such- no oh no i'm on minus three for cracking jokes about your mistakes from last week's show mashimo by amani best japanese they're fragrance. gonna take that you know you're that gonna aren't make you? a lot of money from you is what's gonna happen you i hear- want panther for men 
<laughs> I know Instead what I want. Cougar for women. <laughs> cougar for women. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good times. Uh, uh, you hear of these animals in jungles, but you wouldn't think anything like that could live in Bolton. Okay, <laughs> Bolton jungle. There are many fields near where I saw it. So, so yeah, it could be living there's in. A there's a panther. Beast. Michael Bolton. Uh, Michael Bolton. Bolton's running around the reservoirs of Bolton. Who knew? That's right. Who knew such things? Take Kim. pictures. Take pictures. UFOs and cryptozoology yeah. and 80s singers with large hair. <laughs> Ryanair flight abandons landing after UFO spotted in the sky over Liverpool John Lennon Airport. Oh, it's all about Britain. It is all about Britain tonight. A plane heading into Liverpool had to abandon its landing after airport skywatchers saw a UFO over the River Mersey. Ryanair 448 from Dublin has two miles from Liverpool Airport last night when routine checks identified something in the sky. Hang on a second. Two miles from the airport when you're about to land. That's like close. I mean, when you're two miles from the airport and you're in an aircraft, you're practically touching the ground at that point. I know in a car, Mm -hmm. that's some considerable distance. But I think Greg, who's who's flying aeroplanes next to me, would suggest that you're doing about 250, 200 miles an hour at that point. If you're just two miles from the airport, I, that's almost the point of no return, isn't it, you would think? They would have oh, had yeah. to have really pulled up on the stick there, wouldn't put their nose in the air. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, that's close to landing at that point is where I would suggest. I would agree. Uh, the pilot of the Boeing 737 was told to perform a go-around, which is when an aircraft on final approach to an airport abandons its landing. After circling back over Whirl, the flight landed safely at 10.47 p.m. Uh, Passengers said the captain told them the abandoned landing was because of a suspected drone, but a spokesman for Liverpool Airport said nothing was found when further checks were carried out. This is likely to spark the interest of UFO hunters who comb the skies looking for signs of alien life. As well as using radar, the airport carries out visual checks and the go-around order with standard safety procedure. At the top of the control tower, we do visual checks looking around the airfield, and even at nighttime, the guys are still there. They thought they saw something about a mile out from the airfield on the mid to far side of the Mersey. There was an aircraft on approach, which was further away, but standard procedure is to check it out if we're not sure. They sent somebody down there, but they couldn't see anything. It can be things like a flock of birds, but we always play safe in these situations and will investigate. I think there's a law that says you cannot do anything in the airspace around an airport for five miles. So if a drone is up there, you've got a five-mile radius around an airport. When I was a school teacher, I thought it was a fabulous idea that I got all my students to make kites out of found materials. So I got bamboo, I got twigs, canes, sticks, I got loads of kind of plastic sheeting. We made kites. We had lots of string on wall. I got all of my children, all of my students to make kites. And of course, because they're using a ball of wall, they put the kites up in the air and then they've got like a mile of wall and the kite is a little dot zipping around in the background. So I've got 30 students on the playing field, all flying kites. I'd forgotten that next to the school was Luton Airport, the third biggest airport in Britain. The police How did turned you up. Forget that? How did I forget that? Because there was no planes going over at that point. They'd stopped all the planes and diverted them to Gatwick because there were UFOs and strange things. To, uh, bogies, I think they're called, aren't they? The police That's turned up. That's what's up your nose. Yes. The police turned up and weren't very happy 
because we'd shut down Luton Airport by flying kites at the end of and the runway. And you made those kids cry. Yes, they all got arrested. I think some of them have been released on parole. <laughs> this was 15 years ago. <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs <laughs> and cryptozoology? You're trying to crowbar another story and to get Absolutely. more points. You don't need to do that. You are in charge of points. I know. You don't need to crowbar new stories in. I know, but this one is fabulous. Oh, so it's just ego now at this point. Yeah, okay. I'm just grinding it in. Of course you are. Mutant pig <laughs> with human face. Mutant and... pig with human face. Twig and berries. Twig and berries. Or maybe just the twig How many on times? its forehead. Hang on a second. Human pig. Pig. Pig with human face. Pig with human face. Imagine twig and berries. With just a twig. Just twig on its forehead. Growing out of its forehead. <laughs> like a unicorn. It's a unicorn pig. <laughs> so it's a unicorn pig. With not a horn. But a twig. But a twig. As in twig and berries. As in twig and berries. As in words we can't say live on air. That's ah. correct. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Is it charging at people? No, I bet there's dead. women no, listening to this dead. wondering where they can buy it's one. Dead. Oh, no. Kim's crying. She well, cried. I'm, I'm thinking that one of the stories I read this week that wouldn't be um, that bizarre, but I thought it was bizarre when I read it, uh, a guy that's deer hunting here. Yes. And a guy shot a deer that was uh, it had nine points. Okay. And when he went to skin it out, discovered it had female parts. Really? Ah. So the DNR was contacted and... Homaphroditic deer mm-hmm. that's very interesting horns but female parts that was a horny deer yes mm-hmm. it was i can't believe you're getting away with that and if i had the ah, pad in front of me you would a... now be on minus three that's no i'm up to five can you believe you're... it no i can believe it this is how the political <laughs> system works in this country whoever gets the least amount of votes wins isn't it is how it works over here a farmer says he was inundated with cash offers after a pig born with a human face and a male member on its forehead after photos of the newborn mutant went viral. Kim gave him $100, but didn't come close. <laughs> Friends... Greg's allergic to bacon as well, which doesn't help. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, that's a double whammy for you. Friends and neighbors of Taolu rushed to his property in Yunnan Township in the city of Nanning, China. You're making this up. These no, are just not. noises. No, it doesn't I'm... mean anything. Nanu, Nanu. It's Mork and Bloody Mindy. I, I'm having enough of your... <laughs> what am I on Are now? you? <laughs> can i even win at this point no <laughs> after right news- i'm off <laughs> finish the show up i'm gone after news of the deformed pig spread one of the last to be born out of a litter of 19 the little piglet was 19. described 19 in that litter wow. the little piglet was described by witnesses as having a human face and a member a member twig a, member, a twig on its forehead Okay. And when the local newspaper published pictures of the bizarre-looking animal, several people contacted Tao, offering to buy it. Sadly, the animal died after being rejected by its mother and refusing to bottle. Couldn't get near the bottle. It was at least five inches short of getting to the bottle, is what I'm saying. Couldn't reach it. It's a problem for it, isn't it, is what I'm saying. Oh, poor little thing. It's a shame it died. I could have got more money for it than the rest of the family put together based on what people were offering me on the phone. Oh, poor little pig. That is a sad story. Thank you for bringing the tone of the evening down. That's fabulous. Oh, it it, it doesn't bring you up knowing that there was a pig running around with a twig on its head? (laughs) I don't know what to say. What can I say at this point? Go on, top it. (laughs) No, I'm done. I have nothing left. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania and for having the scorebook taken away from me rather annoyingly by a gentleman named Kevin. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. If you've just joined us, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. Rule of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolour, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at my Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. I have now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. We have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has now stopped snoring from the room next door. So onwards we march into the round that is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre. Not to read out live on air, but don't fit into any other category. Heather, would you like to start in the round of the strange and the bizarre? You're grinning yes, like Jack Nicholson. Wait till they get a load of me. Yes. I see where we are. More ideas for Christmas. It's not a pig with a twig on its head, is it? No. That's what your mother wants, I've heard. I've seen the list. <laughs> You've been snooping again, haven't have, you? Yes. No, I just know what your mother wants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is fabulous, but a ridiculous new alarm clock slaps you awake. Now, I do have to tell you, before you... Wake uh, up! <laughs> before you shell out, I'll come over there and do it for free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? you? This is what happens when you give people power. She sits there all... We've given her the scorecard. She's now slapping people awake. Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> Can you tell? Was it nine o'clock or eight o'clock? It was eight o'clock. Okay, go back to bed. You've got another hour. Yeah, how do you hit the snooze button? Sam, <laughs> why would you want to? Wow. You're lucky it doesn't leave an impression on your forehead. Oh. Controversial. Inventor and robotics enthusiast Simone Gertz built the device to Gertz. help her wake up in the morning. Okay. Uh, God, if it takes that to wake her up, whatever. <laughs> The madcap invention, which she calls the wake-up machine. You know what men do to wake women up every morning? Uh, (laughs) There you go. Wake up, sweetheart. (laughs) There. That's what normally works. Always, (laughs) always. Well, to be fair, there's not a woman who's listening to this at the moment that wouldn't at that point jump out of bed and leave the room, right? So it's working. (laughs) It's nine o'clock, sweetheart. You've got to get up. Oh, there she goes. Off she's trot. Yeah. Oh, terrible. That's what happens, I'm telling you. The wake-up machine combines a conventional alarm clock with a rubber hand, which swings around and repeatedly slaps the hapless sleeper in the face. You want to be woken up in the face with a rubber hand? The 25-year-old who lives on a houseboat in Sweden (laughs) tested the invention out on herself several times. We call that a... When someone says they live on a houseboat in Sweden, they're a hippie and they're smoking weed. I'm sorry. (laughs) And that's how she wakes up. And that's how she wakes up. Leave her alone. It it isn't exactly the gentlest way to get someone out of bed. Apparently, you've described what the gentlest way. Yes. Maybe not the most aromatic. It's just a very... It it creeps up on you. It's a gentle way because you're sat there and you're snoring. It's like... And then you... And then slowly it reaches you and it just rouses you into consciousness. Just enough to bring you out of the depths of sleep there. Just to make you conscious. I'm regular. I go regularly... 8 o'clock every morning on the dot. The trouble is I don't get up till 9 o'clock. Terrible. I have a story that says sex toys, false teeth and teddy bears among the bizarre items flush down the toilet. 
Unusual items including sex toys, false teeth, dead pets and teddy bears. What types of toys are they flushing? I, I'm guessing a child is playing. Oh, didn't you, when you were younger, get I'm talking about sex toys. A child is playing <laughs> with them. I hope not. You cannot tell me there's not a single person listening to this show whose child hasn't at some point gone rummaging through their bedside cabinet and came out with something and said, look, mummy, a rocket. I'm sure that's happened. A that thought. has happened. Yes, and, so and, we don't want to go there. This is a live show. <laughs> I don't want to be removed from air. Dead pets. This is like someone's really bad Christmas list. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? Sex toys, false teeth, dead pets and teddy bears. That's my solicitors. They've all been flushed down the toilet. Children flush their pets. Their pets. And their toys down the toilet. I've seen it. Little fishes. That's the sort of thing. Going to that great big... Swimming with the fishes. Yes, swimming with the fishes, you see. There goes that Sean Connery. It's a bit Sean Connery. I was aiming for Chicago and I missed by 4,000 miles. What can I say? They were found by workers of Southern Water, which has released figures showing that more than 7,000 sewer blockages have been caused by rubbish wrongly flushed down the toilet. In Hampshire alone, engineers discovered 1,934 tonnes of rag, the industry term for rogue items that block sewer systems. Southern Water sewer man... This is really difficult to say. Southern Water sewer man Stuart Slark told the Southern Daily... you're making it up i just covered everything in spit the only things that should be flushed down the toilet are the three p's pee poo and paper and pam if that's your sister (laughs) (laughs) for everything else bag it and bin it it costs our customers 1.8 million pounds a year to have this removed and keep our sewers flowing who's sifting the hazard that's someone's job, isn't it? They're a gong farmer. It's, they've got a machine. gong farmer. You've never heard that phrase, a gong farmer. See, in, I'm not the only one. In medieval society, <laughs> in a castle, there's a little hole in the floor. You squat over it, do your business, you launch a seat. And pickle. there's somebody waiting to catch it in a basket. Not quite catch it in a basket, but it goes into the basement, normally on top of the dungeons, probably. But there is a very, very specific job like that collects night soil they're called a gong farmer and they come along with a cart and in the night time they shovel it all out and put it in the back of a cart and they're called a gong farmer and they get paid lots of money they're collecting night soil night soil night soil we know how to use it i'm just saying medieval culture and society this is where we are untreated sewage keeps surging through the communal gardens for 21 new flats causing misery to scores of residents although their rhubarb looks really good this year apparently (laughs) this is a punami it's so bad it causes foul (laughs) smells to emanate from sinks and showers sometimes leaving plug holes bubbling and gurgling with rotten sewage beleaguered residents in west sussex say they can't open windows and the kids can't play outside look mum i've made a dinosaur it's like play-doh isn't it with some even leaving for days on end because of health concerns and what's more concerning is there is a photograph attached if people wish to go to our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee there is a collection of teddy bears all lined up together and you know the person who's collected these teddy bears has had to pull them out of the sewer system it's what everyone wants for christmas isn't it they've been marinated is where we are they're marinated (laughs) don't look at kim like that kim what have you got for me tonight in the round of strange and bizarre a good samaritan stopped to wrestle an armed robber to the ground 
Then he made off with $1,200 thieves that the thieves had originally stolen. So a guy robs a bank. They've got their money. They've got the getaway car. They've got their guns. They've robbed the bank. A good Samaritan tackles the guy to the ground and then, and then steals, steals all their money, the money and runs off. That's fabulous. The only part of your story that's wrong is that it was not a bank. Oh. It was a post office. There. <laughs> a heroic passerby who failed a post office robbery turned bad Samaritan and pocketed almost $1,200 of the loot. Temptation was too much for Cameron McLeod, 29, as he wrestled armed robber Sean Dennis to the ground. Dennis, 34, had just threatened petrified shop worker Carol Kimber with a kitchen knife before filling his bag with notes. Ms. Kimber bravely fought with Dennis before helping an elderly customer out of the shop, then rolling down the shutters to trap the armed robber inside. But he smashed through the glass door using a hammer and crawled out onto the pavement. It was there that McLeod pounced and restrained him with the help of another passerby. In the confusion, he pocketed $1,200 in stolen cash, which Dennis had just dropped. Wow. Hartlepool Magistrate's Court heard that. Uh, Paula Sanderson, prosecuting, said, Thanks to the defendant's behavior, the person involved in this very serious offense was detained. But after the heat died down, the other person assisting in the detention of the robber approached police and said the person took some of the money as well. What a fabulous mm-hmm. idea, though. I mean, he's got caught, and obviously he's going to prison, but you wrestle the burglar to the ground, the robber to the ground, all the money's flying around, the bag's there, and you're like, hang on a second, there's no one else around. I'll just borrow some of this. I've wrestled the gunman to the ground. I need a, re- I need a reward. I mean, obviously it's a very brave thing to do, and off you go. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah Call it, it a finder's is. fee. Finder's fee. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Look, I can see your cogs going round. Greg, get some WD-40. That's outrageous. (laughs) One good squirt and we'll be good to go. We're now in the final round of the night. The night we call not for your mother. This means you're very clever individuals. Because you have found our archives, this is the round we can't do live on air for fear of offending people, for fear of being removed from the air or facing a very large fine in the very least. These are stories from around the world laden with sexual innuendo, with things we can't Discuss if your mother's in the room where there are small minors, they need to be removed. They need to be taken away. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Are you ready? Ready. We, 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 yeah, give ready. you a location. Has it got a willy in it? Is it Florida? We're Yay. going to Florida. Yay! Yay! And it's on the, I only say this because I found it to be amusing. It's on the west side of Florida, and I believe, I'm not sure, but I think that the city on that spot of the ocean, the nickname for it is Sea of Dreams. The Sea of Dreams. Anybody who wants to correct me on that can, because I'm not sure. To the Sea of of Love. It didn't work out, did it? No. So, title of the story is, Man Found Performing Sex Stack on the Beach Tells Cops, My Girlfriend is Out of Town and I Miss Her. Oh, I'm sorry. You do that awfully well. I know, with both cheeks as well, if you noticed. (laughs) (laughs) A man allegedly found performing a sex act on himself on a beach offered police a bizarre explanation for his behavior. Yes, onanism, the practice of onanism. You with me? Did he like bend over or use a hand? No, I think, well, we're not going to go into details here, but, you know, ultimately, you know, he's being dexterous. His girlfriend, Jill. Yes, 
He's using his motor neuron skills to the best of his abilities. You look confused. Ambidextrous. Well, I don't know if he's using both hands. What, like an ambidextrous worm? (laughs) If you didn't listen to last week's episode, what were you doing? What were you doing? Where were you? (laughs) What could possibly be more funny and more important? Uh, Byron Christian Outis told officers during an interview that his girlfriend is out of town and I miss her. The 44-year-old Sarasota resident said in his criminal complaint that he was sitting in the sand near the sand dunes when Officer Darren Rath of the Indian Shores Police Department approached him from behind around 6 p.m. I say, I'm just taking down a few particulars. Officer Rath reported watching Christian Otis for an hour rubbing his <laughs> genital area. Great. Oh. Did he make a wish and did the genie come out of the bottle? <laughs> that's when, why he started a fire. I tell you what, though, if that's on the beach, sand gets into everything, doesn't it? You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. If you take sandwiches, it's in your sandwiches. Sand gets everywhere. I'm, that's going to be painful. That's going to be like glass paper. You're going to yeah. end up with a stump and a handful of dust is what's going to happen. I'm oh. just saying. <laughs> Uh, when confronted by the cop, Christian Otis made a spontaneous statement and apologized for his actions, saying he was a bit upset his girlfriend was away and he missed her attentions. Christian Otis was arrested for lewd and lascivious behavior, a misdemeanor, and booked into the county jail where he is being held on $250 bond. Lucidivus is a great oh. word, isn't it? Lucidivus. Yeah. I don't understand that if you're missing your girlfriend, at what point do you think to yourself, I know, I'll go for a wander onto the sound dunes and go out on the beach. What's wrong with, you know, using your next door neighbour's bathroom when they're out and you've broken in? I mean, what's wrong with, you know, hiding under under the bed of your next door neighbour and doing these things? Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. Sorry? (laughs) I don't get why you have to go to the beach. Yeah, what about that extra pair of socks? Yeah, what about the bus stop? What's wrong with the bus stop all of a sudden? Ew! (laughs) I have a story that says a court case was suspended after an accused man mooned a judge, spanked his own bottom, and then handled his penis. Well, Pursu- other than that Who, third the judge? part, we would all like to do that, wouldn't we? The judge didn't do <laughs> Yes, that was the judge. <laughs> Proceedings. He had a court subpoena. Proceedings at Ennis District Court were halted after an incident in which the man took his pants down in front of Judge Patrick Durkin. The man from Ennis, Ireland, turned his back on the judge and started beating his behind with his hand after Judge Durkin refused bail to the man's younger brother. Two Ennis men were before the... So he wasn't even on trial. He was like in the... Dock. No, not in the dock. He was with the audience, the witnesses, the the kind of, you know, on the benches. He's with the audience is what he is. Like being at the zoo in it and watching a monkey jump up and down. The man from Ennis Island turned his back on the judge, started beating his behind. As he heard the judge refused bow to the man's younger brother. Two Ennis men were before the court on Section 3 assault charges on a 17-year-old male. And after mooning at the judge... The man with his pants down his ankles turned around and handled his penis and shouted at the shocked judge. I'm guessing he's going to end up with a rather what stiff... What did he shout? He, he probably said, I'm going to get a stiff sentence. <laughs> <clears throat> As police in court restrained the 24-year-old and his 18-year-old brother, who was also lashing out... Oh, it's got me in the eye. Judge Durkin retreated from his bench into his adjourning chambers. During the melee... One police officer was allegedly assaulted in the courtroom. By a baton. Yes. Around <laughs> a mushroom stamp on his forehead. 
Around five police were in court at the time and reinforcements were called to deal with the Why? disturbance. Why do they need reinforcements? There's five. Yeah, we don't know. The guy might have been blessed is what I'm saying. Ugh. And after the court business was suspended for 20 minutes. As they resumed the hearing, Judge Durkin reminded the two men who were members of the travelling community. Inspector Tom Kennedy was leading the police case in the bail application and said that he was horrified by what he had witnessed in court. Luckily, the long arm of the law intervened and the youngsters just needed a firm hand. Speaking after court, (laughs) Inspector Kennedy said, what happened in court today was unbelievable. In my time working in court, I have never seen an indecent display like the one I witnessed today. He said what happened was incredible, and to see someone moon at a judge and then show his genitals to the court and hold them in his hand was an affront to the administration of the justice of the court. Why someone would do that, I just don't know. He described the situation in court as tense and explosive. (laughs) What? (laughs) You don't want it. To be tense and explosive to you. I swear to God, look, it's written down. I can't, I'm not making you're jiggling it up. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm jiggling. jiggling it. I'm not jiggling. I'm holding it still. Look oh. at... Did it... So did he finish? <laughs> In court? <laughs> no, apparently he's out on bail and he's going to be back in three months' time. Heather... <laughs> What have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Does it involve a willy? Kinda. What's well, kind of like a willy, but not a willy? I have a contest for you guys, and it's fabulous. I've won. And it's going on until Christmas. We've got a contest until Christmas, have we? Yes, and everybody can play except Kim and I and any other woman out there. So basically, it's, it's me just and for Greg. Men. It's just for men. It's just for men. So not everyone can play. 50% of your entire population can't play this game. Yes. Okay. They can't. Right. Okay, are you ready? Uh, absolutely. You can win prizes. Well, I'm looking to beat Greg is what's happening. All right. This scrotum beauty pageant is trying to prove that balls are beautiful. I know I've won this already because Greg's looks like Winston Churchill looking pensive. <laughs> <laughs> Those shorts were gappy when we were in the hot tub. <laughs> I thought it looked like the last turkey in the butchers at Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yours needs a good plucking. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wow. Today marks the launch of the Scrotum Beauty Pageant, an online competition devoted to the scrot. The sack that holds the testes. Yes, it does. That's being marketed as the world's first balls beauty contest. Yay! What's what's going to get you the winning prize? Lack the, of wrinkles, character? I don't know. The is Scrotum it, Fest will solicit submissions from contestants around the globe. Is there an evening and, wear contest? And the men will have until Christmas to upload the photos of their junk to a special website. Visitors then will vote for their favorite gonads and ultimately select the wiener this sounds like japan and, so and, and you want to know what the, if we really wanted to participate we could go online and look at all these pictures and we could vote i did <laughs> <laughs> she's not had one. sleep for three days look at her eyes they're bloodshot <laughs> the electricity one I bill saw was from germany and germany he, and he kind of squished them together it was weird <laughs> that's the germans for you 
God almighty. I did check to see if the website was legitimate, and it is. My God in Himmel. Du hast es schon Augen. Do you want to know the website? Oh, okay. Oh, do we? Are me and Greg even in the room? Is this where we are? <laughs> do you want to know the website? Greg's putting his junk people? on a scanner at the moment as we speak. <laughs> it's ballscontest.com slash vote. Go there now. Anyway, uh, Sloan told Mike, which was the magazine, he plans to make decorative items out of the winner's balls. He envisions using Deck the Deck the halls with boughs of holly, la 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 la, la put the winners on a trolley. Using the winning scrotum as a model for paperweights, doorstops, and bookends, among other things. Bookends. Yeah. Doorstops. Yeah. okay door handles while scrotums have had a resurgence in the public consciousness lately every wrinkle's an inch in large part to the popularity of the scrotum backpack which i last week's last week's story we're we're currently people we're on the current edge of contemporary news ladies and gentlemen. that's right and the now defunct nutscapes instagram which juxtaposes men's hairy testicles with picturesque landscapes. Hang on a second. That's the first time in the history of mankind the words juxtaposed and hairy testicles have appeared in the same <laughs> sentence. I think we need a round of applause. Yay. Winning again, winning again. First time in the history of mankind those two words have been used in the same sentence. <laughs> Sloan is correct that scrotums are, all things considered, an underappreciated part of the male anatomy. Oh, it's sad, it's isn't it? Sad. For Sloan, putting scrotum on a pedestal has a high-minded purpose. He Kim's wants- gone. Look at her. She's over there making her own jokes up. He wants to give men the chance to proudly display a less appreciated part of their junk. I am very happy with mine, and I would like for this contest to be a way for men to gain confidence in their scrotums. Wow. Scrotes! I hear you. <laughs> Who knew? Go view them at ballscontest.com slash vote. Other testicle-based websites are available. <laughs> How do you know that? I thought this was the only one. <laughs> it's long, lonely winters in Minnesota. <laughs> well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores, which Heather has just presented to me. Fabulous. In last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. Let's have a look. Well, it's me. Who knew? I'm on minus four. What a surprise. I know. It's outrageous. <laughs> in third place is greg you only managed to get one point i'm afraid to say greg you can see what the women have done here can't you kim kim is in second place and in resplendent first place with the thirty-three thousand dollar ir camera and the contents of the west sussex sewage system is heather who's won tonight's game well deserved well, my well deserved <laughs> and resplendent five points who knew who knew <laughs> Do not fear, listener. We will be back next week with a whole new bunch of cheating at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of made-up numbers, the paranormal, the strange, intriguing, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me at any time via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. You can also join us on our Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and we will be going off air in the next minute but you can join us in our archives if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mqta radio there is an extra 20 to 25 minutes on all of our shows in a round called not for your mother that we're not allowed to do live on air for fear of being removed 
or gaining a heavy fine. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and definitely not Kevin. And all of the International <laughs> Paranormal Society at paranormal.net. And the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area, Paranormal Interest Group, and MUFON of Minnesota. I love this show. This is just a joy. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>